right. Let's roll. Another episode of Quick Hits. First one in a while. Uh, this, uh, these life changes have made things a little bit difficult to churn out episodes. If you've followed any of my other work, it's been tough to get in this podcast. Um, as you can hear in the background real quick, I'm hoping he quiets down a little bit. He's spazzing out right now. That's my dog. That's good old Bush. I'll give him some toys so hopefully he calms down and just starts playing with him in a little. If not, we'll have to take a pause and put him away, but... Yeah, like I said, been tough to do some episodes recently, just uh, uh, managing work, the dog, journalism work outside, and life stuff as well, too. So, um, getting rolling back in here. This idiot is running around, hoping he quiets down. All right, good. So, um, basically, this the rundown with this show, we're going to do Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. I've got another podcast, Reasonably Outrageous, with Matt Wyrick. That comes out on Mondays and Thursdays, so there in total. Hear my voice five days a week, um, and we will roll through this NFL offseason. It's still going to stay the same show, NFL-centric. Um, if you want basketball and baseball opinions as well, too, head over to Reasonably Outrageous. Uh, I do I do a great show with Matt, and I really enjoy working with him. But, uh, but yeah, a lot's happened since our last episode. Of course, we went through the entire playoff run, went through the Super Bowl. Um, my boy... Love of my life, Patty Mahomes gets his first Super Bowl ring. Very excited and proud uh, for him in this in this young career. Um, and uh, and yeah, it was a fun Super Bowl. Um, I, I recapped the Super Bowl over with Matt on Reasonably Outrageous, so make sure to check that out if you've got time um, or if you if you want to hear my thoughts on the Super Bowl. I'm not going to give them here since we're so far removed from it. But as you know, in the NFL, there's never uh, we're never short of topics. Um, we're already getting into the early stages of the offseason. Film study is going on. We've got free agency coming up. A lot of moves around the league already have been taking place, and um, that's kind of what's going to lead this entire episode. Um, We're going to be taking a look at some quarterback openings this offseason, and I'm going to give you my plan A, my plan B if there are one. Um, And we've got a decent amount of quarterback openings. And this has really started with the news that came out that Phillip Rivers will not be in Los Angeles. This was not something that was kind of news. It was circulating over the last few weeks. But, of course, now they've officially announced it. So uh, we can go on knowing that this is 100% going to be an opening. And Phillip Rivers, who obviously will want to continue his career, will be taking a look at some other options. So um, let's just go right into things. I've got a list of, let me count, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams that we're going to be talking about today that have some quarterback options available for them, whether that's they're picking early in the draft and they need a new quarterback, um, whether they've got a vet who we're not sure is coming back, retiring, playing somewhere else. Um, So a lot of decisions to be made now between now and and I guess the first round of the draft because some of these guys will need to to make first-round selections if their guys are no longer with them. Um, But let's just let's start things off with the easiest one to talk about. Um, and that's the New England Patriots, obviously the GOAT, Tom Brady. Um, not sure if he's 100% coming back to New England. He is still going to be playing in the NFL, of course. He had his fun with the Hulu commercial um, where he said he's not going anywhere, kind of joked around with people, maybe he's retiring, but obviously Brady will be coming back. Um, it just depends where. New England seems to be, in my eyes, the most favorable option. I, I, it, it, you run a certain risk uh, 
leaving that late in your career and um, maybe not being able to do it somewhere else. And obviously no one expects him to be what he was in his early 30s or even, you know, five years ago with how old he is now. But um, at the same time, you run the risk of ruining everyone's wondering, is it Brady or is it Belichick that makes this thing churn? Brady goes elsewhere and isn't able to make a churn. That's going to be a little bit of a stain on his legacy, especially if the Patriots, whoever they replace with, start to um, to kick things back up without him. So in my eyes, you know, plan A for the New England Patriots is is with Tom Brady back as the starting quarterback. Um, you know, the price is going to be a little bit hefty. Uh, he says that he wants 30 mil a year. If the Patriots are willing to fork that up, then you also have to consider, okay, we got to spend money elsewhere to get him some weapons on offense because obviously he needs them. Um, so plan A is to bring him in, and then I'm also going to pair in. I want to bring in a young backup with him. I'm not going to draft because I think the Patriots have holes elsewhere. I'm going to have Bill Belichick call up his good friend Brian Flores in Miami and going to take Josh Rosen off his hands for a mid-round pick. Obviously, Rosen uh, was traded for a late second-round pick from Arizona to end up in Miami after his rookie season. Uh, Played maybe a couple of games in there throughout the season, but the year was mostly owned by Ryan Fitzpatrick in Miami. Um, I still am a Josh Rosen truther. I wouldn't be upset if he was a Colt and and they gave him a shot maybe just to develop underneath a a vet quarterback. But I think that if you're bringing Brady back at this point, you're going to fork over the cash. I think you need to really have a solid succession plan at this point. Um, Because if if Brady leaves now this offseason, what's the plan? Jared Stidham? I don't like that. Um, So plan A, Brady comes back, trade a mid-round pick for Josh Rosen, draft some offensive weapons, spend in free agency, and then come back, and the Patriots should be one of the better teams in football again next year. Now, plan B, say Brady chooses to go elsewhere. The options, you know, become far less intriguing, but there's still some good ones out there. I don't think they have the draft capital to really take a guy in the first round. Maybe a guy like Jacob Eason falls to them, and they're able to take him at 23, I believe they're at, or 24, one or the other. But uh, two guys whose names just pop back into my head. Uh, The first one... Would New England be interested in maybe trading back for Jacoby Brissett? Uh, obviously not a great quarterback, but a serviceable one. Um, familiar with the organization. Started a game uh, when Brady was suspended, Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt. And so you would think maybe the connection would be back there where Belichick would want to bring back a guy that he knows and trusts. He had great things to say about Jacoby Brissett in his time with the Patriots. Colts, obviously, it, it doesn't seem like Jacoby is in their future plans as the starting quarterback. Um, and so I think that if Brady is gone and you want someone who's going to be a serviceable starter, then I think Jacoby Brissett is one, one route to go. The other route, uh, maybe bringing a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. Now, Bridgewater is going to cost some more than Brissett is. Bridgewater is a free agent. Um, I think there is going to be interest around the league for him. Um, not entirely sure where he ends up. There's a couple places, but same situation. A guy that's not extremely old, a guy that's got some respect around the league. Of course, his story is a little bit different than Brissett's, dealing with the injuries earlier on in his career and kind of trying to repave his route in the NFL. So plan A for the Patriots, Brady, and then trade for a guy like Josh Rosen or maybe draft, you know, Jacob Eason in the first round, even though you're, I feel like they should spend that pick on an offensive lineman, a wide receiver, someone that can help this offense uh, get back on track. And then plan B, I'd say some of those 
not not extremely new, not you know 37 years old, some late 20s guys like Brissett and Bridgewater who can, at the very least, uh, run a serviceable offense. So that's the plan for the Patriots. Um, going to be really interesting to see. And this the dominoes all start to fall when Brady chooses what he's going to do. So keep your eyes out for that. We're going to stay in the AFC East for number two. Um, I've got the Miami Dolphins coming up. Um, obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick started all this past season. Josh Rosen was there. Uh, but he's not in their future plans, it seems like. Miami picking fourth. They've got three first-round picks. I've said this all along um, in this show. I'm, I'm a Justin Herbert guy. Um, and so plan A for me is drafting Justin Herbert. Put him out there, day one starter. Um, he's, to me, outside of Joe Burrow, the most NFL-ready prospect in this draft class. Um, and then also throughout the this regular season, this past regular season, no team had done more work or more evaluation on Justin Herbert than the Miami Dolphins. There seems to just be a strong connection there. Um, and so you, you piece two and two together. You take two as medical issues in there as well, too. I think Justin Herbert's the guy. And, and, and both plan A and B for the Dolphins is to have Ryan Fitzpatrick in the, in the fold. You know, that quarterback been around the league can teach you a lot about leadership in the NFL um, is also, you know, in case anyone gets hurt, can go in there and be serviceable at best. So mixture of Justin Herbert as the starter and Ryan Fitzpatrick grooming him is option A. Now plan B, still taking a quarterback at pick four, uh, but this time it's Tua. Um, I, I, I don't have any problems with a team drafting Tua this high, but I think that the floor is a little bit lower of what you could get just with the injury concerns. I know reports have come back great that his hip is going to be fine. He is going to participate in the combine somewhat. And I think that the plan is is that he'd be ready to start the regular season next year. Now, I'm not sure if that's true, but um, I think that the Dolphins would still be an interesting fit uh, for Tua there as well too. I just like the pro style of Justin Herbert fit a little bit more. I think Brian Flores... And his organization, his mindset tailor is tailored more to a guy like Justin Herbert. But look, Tua, uh, going to be a talented quarterback in this league if he can stay healthy and if he gets the right fit. Um, I think he needs a good offensive line behind him, or in front of him, excuse me. I'm not sure if the Dolphins have that just yet. But at the end of the day, uh, the, Chargers, the, the Dolphins' plan for quarterback going forward is a rookie quarterback, and Ryan Fitzpatrick behind him. So a little bit easier to dissect than the Patriots, but I think that they go one of those two routes with either Herbert or Tua. Alrighty, so now we're going to switch over to the West Coast, uh, the team that recently announced that they will not be bringing back Phillip Rivers. We've got the Los Angeles Chargers. And the Chargers are in a really interesting spot because this next draft pick is going to do, or this this upcoming season, and whoever is their quarterback is needs to save the franchise, essentially. There is no fan base for the Chargers in L.A. The Rams' kind of success has kind of said, okay, we don't really need the team, the need for a second L.A. team. Not a real huge fan base. So lots to consider in terms of relocation, rebranding. There, there's a lot of problems with the Chargers if they don't enter this season with um, a great succession plan for Phillip Rivers. Um, so to me, this is where for the Chargers... This is where I would love Tua Tungavailoa to be the starting, um, to be the lead man and the next face of the LA Chargers. Now, reasons for this, 
um, Anthony Lynn, his experience, if you go back through his coaching tree, he's always had more mobile quarterbacks. And uh, I think even a report came out this morning or last night that stated um, that Anthony Lynn was, you know, Philip Rivers was never the ideal quarterback for Anthony Lynn. And you think about who he's worked with, um, you know, his days with the Bills, with Tyrod Taylor, um, of course, who is now the backup in L.A., um, I just think that a more mobile quarterback is the better fit for the Los Angeles Chargers and for Anthony Lynn. So to me, if Tua is is if, if you're able to get Tua, um, I think that that would be a great fit in just being the face of the franchise, the next face of Chargers football. Um, some other guys, I just feel like they could go the route of like a Jameis Winston and people wouldn't be happy about it. And then all of a sudden you've set back your fan base, you know, however many years you're going to waste through through um, Jameis. So Guys like that, I feel like you really need to hit big this offseason. So to me, it's Tua and then keeping Tyrod Taylor. And whether that's because Tua, you are not going to want to play early on in his career. Maybe you want him to sit a season to be fully 150% healthy. Um, Tyrod Taylor, another mobile quarterback. Not really like Tua, but in the same sense, a mobile quarterback that can work around the pocket. Um, and is more of a fit to the style of Anthony Lynn's offense that he um is accustomed to. So plan A, a combination of Tua and Tyrod Taylor. Now plan B, and this is because, you know, they're out there as one of the teams that is really hoping to land him. Uh, Tom Brady has to be considered an option for the Chargers. Um, they're going to try and throw a lot of money at him. Of course, the luxury of living in Los Angeles, a big market. Um, the only problem that I have with this and for Tom Brady and why is I still, and, and I've debated this with people before, why I don't think it's a perfect fit is that offensive line isn't great. Um, you know, reports are Melvin Gordon may be on the move, so then you're left with Austin Eckler. And there's no real fan base. I mean, you, you and I guess people, you know, the fan base will grow and you'll have people that are Tom Brady fans that will follow him from New England to Los Angeles. But, I mean, come on, we, we've got to consider the fact that He's been in one of the most passionate fan bases over the last 20 years, and now he's going to go all the way across the country to finish out his career as an old man with a bad offensive line and no guarantee that there's a strong fan base behind him. I just, I'm a little skeptical about that as an option. So um, plan B, the Chargers are going to try and throw a lot of cash at him. And then the backup plan, keep in, I, I don't know, maybe... I'll say throw in Josh Rosen there, too, as a pairing. Um, just, I think, getting Rosen, and this is more to help out Rosen's career, and um, I think you really need to put him in a locker room with a vet, a guy that's been around the block, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is that, but also I would want a more successful guy, so like a Tom Brady. Um, I know he's done a lot of work with Aaron Rodgers, putting him with Aaron Rodgers as the backup with the Packers. He needs to find himself a situation where he's, in a winning culture, a winning team, with a quarterback that is willing to um, teach him. I think Brady would be able to do that. Um, I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers would be willing to do that. They obviously have already done that, um, you know, working together before, um, both of them being Cali kids as well, too. Um, I, I don't necessarily like the fit of Rosen and Brady in Anthony Lynn's offense, which is why I just like, like I said, that, the offensive line, the no fan base, it's tough for me to think, but since it is thrown out there so much, the Chargers are going to be there. I wanted to make it at least an option. Um, so number one for the Chargers, get your hands on Tua Tonga Vailoa, keep Tyrod Taylor as the backup, um, and then run that, that kind of offensive system that, you know, we kind of saw in Buffalo with Tyrod when Tyrod had some of his better years. 
uh, backup plan, which isn't a bad backup plan. You're gonna need a lot of fans in there, hopefully. Uh, will it work? I'm not sure, but it's a it's a mix of Tom Brady and Josh Rosen. We're gonna move to the AFC South, uh, where I've got two teams in here. One of them is a much easier conversation than the other. So let's start with the easy first, the Titans. Um, to me, there there really is only one plan A, uh, and that's and that's Ryan Tannehill. Um, I don't see how they couldn't bring back Tannehill. You deal with five years of Marcus Mariota, and then you even upgrade to a guy, you know, like Ryan Tannehill, a guy that can, you know, take the edge off the defense and, and you know, throw him deep, um, keep the defense honest, as they say. Um, and the success that they had, the run of the AFC Championship game, I don't see any reason to not bring him back. Um, there are other guys. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks available, you know, uh, through the draft, through free agency, but... I think when you got Tannehill, who is still relatively young, still got several good years as a uh, starting caliber quarterback, um, I wouldn't see the reason to say, okay, we had this great season, this great run in the AFC title game with this quarterback. Let's take a flyer on Tom Brady for two years and see how that works. You know, I just think that what they've got going right now is so um, positive, and, and really they were one of the hottest teams throughout the second half of the season and through the playoffs. And Ryan Tannehill, I know he didn't have to do much. Derrick Henry was doing a lot. But this offense obviously flipped a switch from Mariota to Ryan Tannehill. So to me, the plan A, the only plan is Ryan Tannehill. And sure, it could come to bite him back in the butt if we come back next year and he's taking a step back. But we got to remember, Ryan Tannehill had some good years with the Dolphins. And then, you know, to the detriment of, of Adam Gase, you know, things didn't go his way there necessarily. And I think that might just be a bad coaching now you've got him in Tennessee with better offensive weapons, better coaching, a little bit better of an offensive line too. I think this could be the, the guy that Ryan Tannehill was always supposed to be. Um, and, and it's funny to think of that draft class and how out of the first round, of course, Russell Wilson is the best active quarterback from that draft class. But to think that it went Andrew Luck, RG3, Ryan Tannehill, uh, for Tannehill to still be standing around is, uh, is very unique. So plan A, Plan B, Plan C, Plan D for the Titans to me is Ryan Tannehill. Um, I don't think they should move on. And honestly, and, and I'm gonna say this, and I and I think both sides would be fairly interested in this. I'm not opposed to the Titans bringing back Marcus Mariota as the backup quarterback. I mean, we obviously know by now he doesn't have starter potential. Um, could he come in for a few plays if Tannehill was to get banged up a little bit? Probably. But I think the character that we've seen out of him in kind of this transition. And how supportive he was of Ryan Tannehill and of the Titans through all of this. Look, Mariota's not going to get a starting job elsewhere. So I think at the very least, keep him around the organization. The fan base loves him as a guy. They don't love him as a player necessarily because he didn't do much for him. But the organization loves him as a guy. Great character guy. Has a great relationship with all the players on that team. So look, if, if he hits the market and the interest isn't there as a starter, which it, it won't be. Why wouldn't he come back to Tennessee just to, you know, for familiarity, to keep the culture that he's had around there, to, to stay familiar with everybody, and then maybe, you know, Tannehill goes down, he, he comes back in, and he's already familiar with the system, with his teammates. Um, kind of just makes sense to me. And also, while well, I'm thinking about Marcus Mariota, um, and we're going back a little bit, would he be a guy that Anthony Lynn would take a shot at as a backup quarterback, um, you know, behind a guy like Tua? Um I don't know, kind of, kind of that mobile fill. Um, could could be interesting, but to me, Titans only plan Ryan Tannehill. I'd bring back Marcus Mariota as a backup. All right, so now on to my lovable 
Indianapolis Colts. Um, this one, this one is is extremely interesting. Um, not just for I, I hope it's not just for me that it's interesting because they have so many different directions they can go with this. Obviously, they've got Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback. He is set to make a lump sum amount of money next season. Um, I think only eight, so he's got 17 million next year, but I only think eight million is guaranteed if they chose to trade him before like the middle of March. So. To me, obviously, he is not in their future plans. He's kind of that guy that, great quarterback, can do enough, um, but isn't going to take you to that next level. And for the Colts, for Colts Nation, I mean, for, you know, you guys to, for the last, you know, 20-some years to live through the lives of Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, I understand not wanting a guy like Jacoby Brissett out there. We're, we're kind of... Um, we're kind of spoiled with the quarterbacks we've had recently. So... Um, Organizationally, you can tell by Chris Ballard's words, they love Jacoby Brissett as a character guy, but they do need to see improvement from the quarterback position. And so to me, I don't think Brissett has the ability to do that. We've seen him in 2017 behind a bad offense, uh, bad offensive line, bad offensive system. Wasn't great. It was okay. And now you got Jacoby Brissett in 2019 with better weapons, great offensive line, better offensive game plan. And it, it wasn't that much better. Um, so... This is starting off with the fact that I believe they will move on from Jacoby Brissett. And there are two ways they can go through with this. The first one, and both of them are a combination of a vet and a rookie. So the first one, Philip Rivers and Jordan Love. Um, Philip Rivers obviously is not as talented as he once was. He's getting older. He is very um, interception prone, pick prone. Um, but I do believe his familiarity, of course, with Nick Sirianni, the former offensive coordinator with the Chargers, um, or offensive, I think he was a wide receivers or quarterbacks coach there. Now the offensive coordinator with the Colts, there's some familiarity there. I think with this system, I think he is a better fit and more talented, more capable of doing better things with this offense than Jacoby Brissett is. Um, so I think that if you're going to be moving forward, I think that he is an upgrade over Brissett. And then the rookie pick where you come in with is Jordan Love. Um, Jordan Love out of Utah State. A guy that is hopefully going to be available at pick 13 for the Colts. They might need to move up a spot or two to jump a team um, just to, to play it safe. But I do think this is kind of like what we've seen with the Dolphins have been paying the most attention to Herbert, doing the most work on him uh, throughout the, the, the entire season. The Colts have been doing the same with Jordan Love. Chris Ballard has gone and seen games. Um, he has... Um, they have been the most connected to Jordan Love throughout this process through the season, and we'll probably see the same through uh, through the draft. So, um, to me, this plan is is both ways taking a look at bringing Jordan Love in one way or the other. And so, Plan B, because it is an option out there, because people are considering it. I've heard guys like Colin Cowherd throw it out. Colin Cowherd, when he throws out reports like this, I'd like to say because he does have a lot of bad takes sometimes, and I don't agree with a lot of things that he says. But when he has when he has random hunches like this, it's because he knows something. And he's got a great relationship with Chris Ballard. So I have a feeling he knows something in there that the Colts are interested in him. And that's bringing in Tom Brady. Um, and, and to me, team-wise, structure-wise, um, ability to win now, this is a better fit than the Los Angeles Chargers. The problem is, are you going to convince the family to move to Indianapolis? Probably not. Now, reports are that their family has moved to New York and they would stay in New York if Brady were to go play in Indianapolis. Um, so you have to consider that that maybe that's the plan that they would take if they went to Indy. Um, I think if you put him on the Colts this year, it is an upgrade 
of the offensive line. I think it's an upgrade of the running back room. Um, the offensive scheme, uh, you know, look, Josh McDaniels didn't have a great of a year this past season. I still think he's one of the better offensive coordinators, but Frank Reich and, and Nick Sirianni have done a hell of a job. Um, you've got a number one wideout like T.Y. Hilton. You've got tight end play through Jack Doyle. Uh, Paris Campbell is an interesting rookie and a defense that has some um, some good players. I think that the Colts with Tom Brady could be a playoff team contending for a title. Um, now, I'm not saying this because I'm a Colts fan. It's been reported out there a few times, and it, it, I think if you go to Vegas odds, they're like number three behind New England and the Chargers. Um, so it's an option that you got to consider. I, of course, would also tie, the, tie it in with bringing in Jordan Love. Um, I think that I mean, even behind Phillip Rivers and Tom Brady for a year or two, there could be a lot learned, and then you would kind of transition into where Love is the guy moving forward, because he is raw. He could essentially be thrown out there as a as a year one guy, but I think that if the option is to, to bring in a vet to teach him some things and also let him develop behind him, I think that's the best way to go. So both of those are contingent on moving away from Jacoby Brissett. Um, I do want to mention, and, and I guess this is Plan C. And I and real quick, why Philip Rivers is Plan A over Tom Brady? That's because of what I think is most likely. I think it is most likely for Philip Rivers to end up a Colt than as opposed to Tom Brady. I think Brady right now, the favorite, still has to be New England, and he's got more options than I think Philip Rivers does. Rivers got two options to me, um, and we'll get to the other one in just a little bit. Um, but to me, Philip Rivers. The only reason he's Plan A because you know Tom Brady obviously can do more now than Philip Rivers can, so the plan would be um, Philip Rivers, you know, most likely, and then Brady in there number two. But now for my honorable mention for the Colts, and I'm doing a Plan C here just because this is an interesting option to me. Is there are a few teams out there that um, have quarterbacks slated, have them paid for a certain amount of time, but maybe would be interested in taking another route. Say that the Detroit Lions, picking it, I believe, number three right now, say they're interested in moving on from Matt Stafford. Say that they're in love with a guy like Tua or Justin Herbert. Don't want to wait, want to hit the reset button now. Would also give Matt Patricia maybe another year or two um, on his career. Say they want to move on from Matt Stafford. I think the Colts would, would instantly be able to take on that salary. Of course, Matt Stafford making a lot of money. Colts have a lot of money in free agency available. Um, you know, Matt Stafford would be one of those guys I could fit in. And when he's healthy, he dealt with some back problems this past year. When he's healthy, he's one of the more talented throwers of the football in the league. So I think that if you were able to put Matt Stafford in there uh, in, in Indianapolis... The only reason I'm 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 not putting it in there as Plan A or Plan B is because the the Lions really haven't shown interest in moving on from him yet. But if that interest sparks up, I definitely think the Colts would be interested. So, Plan A: Philip Rivers and Jordan Love. Plan B: Tom Brady and Jordan Love. Plan C: um, Matt Stafford. And I think if you take Matt, if you get Matt Stafford before the draft, I don't think you need to draft a rookie yet. I still think he can give you a few solid years as a really good quarterback. All right, moving off from the Colts talk. We're going to switch to the NFC. I've got three teams in the NFC, and all three of them are in the NFC South. So uh, let's start with the two easier ones. Um, and that's, I'm going to start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, now, plan A, I don't think either plan for the Buccaneers is really solid. I don't think it's going to be slam dunks uh, for either one. Um, but what we've seen from this Tampa Bay regime 
They show a lot of love and support to Jameis Winston. Bruce Arians has shown a lot of love and support to, to Jameis Winston this past year, defended him several occasions. Yes, he's a very turnover-prone, uh, um, throws a lot of bad interceptions, makes a lot of bad choices. Also, his first year in a new system. Maybe Bruce Arians wants to see an entire offseason with him and a second full season before deciding. So plan A for me, Jameis Winston gets a very short-term deal, maybe a one or two high high uh high salary um and kind of says okay let's prove it that you know with the full year under this system you can do big things and you can be more um careful with the ball so plan a they bring back james winston i just think there's a lot of organizational support behind him despite maybe the 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 total amount of success um but familiarity and there too i, I think that that's got to be option number one now, plan B, and this one I think sticks out the most because right now it is the Vegas favorite um, for his destination. His final destination is Phillip Rivers, who has recently moved his family back to Florida. Um, I'm assuming at one point he grew up there, something I'm not entirely sure. But uh, right now is the betting favorite to land with the Buccaneers would be Phillip Rivers, um, kind of that aggressive downfield thrower that Bruce Arians has always loved to work with, a veteran option. Maybe he just thinks that Philip Rivers can take the Buccaneers over the hump and, and put them into the playoffs. Um, to me, if you bring in Philip Rivers, you're not keeping Jameis Winston, and then you've got to throw in. God, there's a there's a number of places where Jameis Winston could go. I'm I'm very interested to see what the market looks like for him. Um, so then I would go the route of taking a guy maybe later in the draft, like a Jacob Eason with Philip Rivers, a guy that I think. Jacob Eason is one of those guys that I think that would be a pretty good um, mold. For the Bruce Arians offense, a guy that would need some development behind a guy like Philip Rivers, um, just to just to learn the system. You know, Bruce Arians is a complicated offense to get um, in touch with. So, if you're going to go the route of a vet and a rookie, that's what I've done with a bunch of these places. If you're getting Philip Rivers or Tom Brady, you you need a backup plan because beyond two years or maybe even one year, um, it's not going to be um, guaranteed that your quarterback is coming back. So, Jacob Eason, a guy that I feel like you could take on later, um, and kind of fit him in behind Philip Rivers. So. Uh, plan A, Jameis. Uh, not sure what you really do with the backup situation there. Um, be hilarious if they if they brought in Marcus Mariota as a backup. Uh, no, but uh, that would be option number one. Plan B, Philip Rivers, Jacob Eason. I don't think there's a scenario you could bring in Philip Rivers and Jameis Winston. Um, I feel like Rivers. I'm not sure what his market is going to be, but I don't think you can fit in the caps, uh, the salaries of Winston and Philip Rivers at, at the same time. So. Those are my two options for the Chargers. Now, moving over to the New Orleans Saints. I think this one is pretty simple uh, for me. Um, two options. One, Drew Brees decides not to retire and comes back. Doing so, your backup quarterback becomes Taysom Hill. Um, I think that if you're going to bring Brees back and pay him some money, he's obviously not going to just make dirt cheap. Um, he's not going to be dirt, a dirt cheap option. I think the message that you can send, and this is because recently Taysom Hill said, if, if the Saints don't see me as their future quarterback, then I need to be somewhere else. So what the plan is, you bring in Drew Brees, you tell Taysom Hill he's got one, two years left, and then you're the guy. Now, we'll debate about Taysom Hill's potential at another time. I'm not entirely sure that that's going to be a perfect fit. But if the Saints bring back Brees, uh, I don't think there's the money to bring back Bridgewater. And so at that point, you keep Taysom Hill as your backup and you say, okay, 
Give Breeze one more season. We're going to throw you onto the field more than we did last year. Breeze has been open to Taysom Hill being on the field way more than um, than even he was this past season. And then you move forward beyond Breeze's career with Taysom Hill as the future quarterback. Whether that is going to work or not, we'll find out then. Now, plan B, say Breeze all of a sudden decides, okay, he's, he's taken his month. He is not going to play football. He is going to retire. Uh, then the option to me, you know, I think that the Saints would go the route of Teddy Bridgewater. Um... The problem with this, you go the route of Teddy Bridgewater, you're showing Taysom Hill that they that you don't believe he is the future quarterback um, of the New Orleans Saints. And so at that point, Taysom Hill um, asks to be traded or he you know, has less of a role or is unhappy in New Orleans. Um, then I think you go the route of bringing in a rookie quarterback behind Bridgewater, a Jacob Eason type of sort. Uh, just because I don't think there's really any guarantee that Teddy Bridgewater could be a franchise quarterback. So I think at that point, if you're going to bring him in as kind of a bridge quarterback, give him a couple of years to see if he can, you know, continuously improve. I think the backup plan would be to take a rookie quarterback. Eason, I keep throwing around in here as kind of that fifth guy uh, in this draft class. I think there are a lot of quarterbacks around there. You've got Burrow, obviously. You've got Tua, um, Jordan Love. You've got, uh, who's the other guy? Why do I keep forgetting? Did I say Justin Herbert? Justin Herbert. Jacob Eason is, is that number five guy. Uh, there's some other guys in later rounds like a Jake Fromm or a Jalen Hurts. I don't really love either of those guys. I think this is kind of a five-man draft class, and then it drops off. Um, just initial reactions, of course, will get further into the draft later on. So I think Eason kind of fits in if the Saints are willing to spend a first-round pick on him because I do think he lands inside the first round. So if they're picking in the, in the early 20s, um, is that a little too rich for him? Maybe. Maybe they go the route of taking one of those other guys in the back. But I think if you're bringing in Bridgewater, you're telling Taysom Hill that he is not the future quarterback of the Saints. And then I think you need to go another route to get a guy in there as a backup plan for Teddy. And last but not least, we'll finish this off with the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, Cam Newton under contract. A whole new regime in there. Uh, new head coach, new offensive system, new owner. Whole new outlook for the Panthers. They've got players retiring left and right. Uh, Luke Keekley is gone, so a whole change, I guess, of the franchise and the look of it, moving on from Ron Rivera, bringing in a guy like Matt Rule, um, total total flip of the switch. What does that mean for Cam Newton? Um, I, realistically, in my eyes, I think they keep him, um, at least for this next upcoming season. I don't think the pressure is on for Carolina to necessarily win in year one with Matt Rule if they do great, but I don't think they're going to be upset if next season... They're 4-12, and 3-13, and 13, and saying, okay, now we can move on from Tom Brady because uh, the draft class, very talented up top. Um, of course, with Trevor Lawrence and Justice, Justin Fields. Um, so, in my eyes, the Panthers really only have that, that plan A for me. This is where I'm at right now. I think it's keep Cam Newton for this year. If they can make it work with him, great. If not, which I think is the most realistic option, and maybe they're just okay with being a bad team next season. I don't, I don't have any problem with them saying, okay, we're going to finish 4-12, and 12, last in the division, but we're going to take this whole culture change with a new quarterback, and what a better way to start than two of the more exciting prospects, uh, two guys that you would assume probably will be up there, I guess, around with Burrow. It's too early to tell, but as, as one of the top prospects in quite some time in Fields and Lawrence, um, and they can pick one of the two. Um, and, and I think that is the most realistic future for the Panthers is to wait it out this year. The expectations aren't going to be that you need to be contending now with this new regime in year one. Let those guys get a feel 
for what the NFL is like, Matt Rule, Joe Brady, and then go get one of these top quarterback talents and pair them up. And, and look, Clemson, okay, so the, the Carolina Panthers have never drafted a Clemson player. Let's just make the first one Trevor Lawrence. Keep him in the Carolinas. I think that'd be really intriguing to keep him where he played college ball in that same region. Um, and I think it would be really exciting for the, the Panthers fan base if they can make Trevor Lawrence their guy. So to me, the Panthers, and there may be some other teams that choose to do this too, where they're just like, okay, we're going to sit out the 2020 season. We're just going to be bad. And we're going to take one of these top two studs because both of them have unreal potential in the NFL. Um, but to me, the for the Panthers, they've got to be the top option to, to, to go the route of something like that. So they've only got one plan for me. Um, I guess the other plan, if you wanted to throw one in there, could they be a Jameis Winston, you know, holdover? Um, trying to think other guys that would make sense there. Yeah, I really just feel like the best option is to, to wait out Cam Newton's contract, see if you can win with him. If you can't, go get Trevor Lawrence and, and really start that new regime in, in what would be 2021. So, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll wrap up today's episode. We just went through eight teams and uh, all of their quarterback fits, potentially. I'll um, be interested to check back and see which ones of these we got at least somewhat right. Um, I think there's a, a lot of, I mean, the, the next few months in the NFL, I know there's no football, um, but this is, this is going to be pretty exciting. Uh, you've got eight teams where I would say one, two, three, four teams, um, could be contenders again next season, uh, depending on what they do at the quarterback position. Um, and a few of them could certainly turn themselves into winning teams as well, too. I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins start to turn things around. Uh, maybe the Chargers can turn things around with great quarterback play. The Buccaneers were close to being, you know, a, a 500 team. Can they turn it around? Um, will the new regime of the Panthers make things work? So a lot of interesting quarterback options uh, and ways that this thing can fall out i'm excited to watch and see it happen of course um we'll we'll have it all here you know quick hits is back and I, i'm not planning on taking another break i'm gonna manage this dog life we woke up very early this morning to get things done and to put this episode out um so that, that's the plan we're we're recording these episodes at 6 a.m um so if i sound a little groggy excuse me uh but we'll be back tomorrow we'll be back friday Reasonably Outrageous will be back on Thursday, so make sure to check all of those episodes out. Make sure to follow me over on Twitter, at BlakeAndrewPace. Also getting back in the writing for Stampede Blue, going to do an offensive series, uh, an off-season uh, off series, uh, kind of a where are they now from former players. We're also going to get in some prospect interviews, so make sure to check all of those out as well, too. Um, and thanks for, for, for holding on. If you're still listening, you know I appreciate you holding through me for, uh, throughout the, the first few breaks that I took. Um, you know, I didn't realize at first how much the dog was really going to change things up. And, you know, it's not 100% there. He's still taking a, a lot of time to figure things out, raising a dog by yourself, uh, especially a puppy who can be a pain in the ass sometimes as I'm looking at him. Yeah, you're a pain in the ass. Um, can be a lot. So I appreciate y'all sticking through with me. Um, and I hope that you continue to uh, like the stuff that we put this off season. You know, in a way, I kind of like the off season a little bit more than the regular season just because I love the draft talk. I love free agency, taking a look at the cap stuff. And of course, being a Colts fan, I'm more intrigued by it just because of a guy like Chris Ballard, who uh, who is really all about the offseason too. So excited to keep rolling through with you guys. Make sure to like, rate, subscribe to the show, recommend it to your friends. Uh, let me know what you think of the episode. Let me know what quarterback positions uh, you think that I have massively screwed up. We can debate that as well too. Uh, make sure to 
listen to uh, Wednesday's episode, which will be coming out tomorrow morning, Friday's episode uh, later this week. Of course, like I said, reasonably outrageous out on Mondays and Thursdays. Um, But yeah, for now, that'll wrap things up. Thank you guys so much for listening to Quick Hits. I'm Blake Pace, and I'll talk to you later.